0: Welcome to the HMO Property Podcast, where we connect, educate, and inspire the UK's HMO property community. So stop what you're doing, sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. What's up HMO nation and welcome to another episode of the HMO Property Podcast with me, Rupert Wallace, in association with hmohub.co.uk. In this episode, we're interviewing successful HMO property investor, Sue Sims. Sue's gonna take us on her HMO property investment journey including the ups, the downs, the highs and the lows. Now, Sue's been investing in HMOs for some five years now, although she's got 30 years experience in property. She currently houses over 600 tenants, and she's completed 70 HMO projects so far. Let's jump straight in. Sue, welcome to the show. Hello. Great to have you with us. Before we dive into the details of your HMO journey, give us a bit about yourself and your background before you started in HMO property?
1: Okay, so I bought my first property when I was 21, um, so a long time ago now. Um, my dad had always been an investor, only in a small way, of, like student properties. And this is before I knew really knew they were HMOs. So back in the 70s and 80s. And when I was 21, he found a property, a shop with a flat over it, and he thought that would be a good investment. I still own that today, and that's actually where my HMO management agency is based. So it's weird how things go full circle. And in between then and now, I've increased my portfolio. I'm a slow and steady portfolio builder, so I've now owned more than 40 properties. And whilst I was doing that, I had a really successful sales career. I worked in recruitment, and I was finding jobs for people and people for jobs, and now I find houses for people and people for houses.
0: Uh Aha, okay, some similarities there. So how did you, uh, how long did you you do in recruitment? Uh,
1: 22 years.
0: Okay, and what got you into the world of HMO property investing?
1: I was, I had a, a, um, a lettings business, and four or five years ago, we had a couple of investors that came to us to say they would bought an HMO and could we manage it for them? And so that was when we started. And then it just sort of like gradually snowballed from there, set up um, a sourcing business. And because of the number of properties that we sourced for investors who wants to invest in Birmingham and the black country, we got them through refurb and then they were all saying to us, well, what are we going to do now? So it's like, okay, we need a back end solution. So that was then when we set up GB Homes um, almost two and a half years ago. And that's our uh, HMO management agency, Cumple Lettings business.
0: Got it. Um, but in terms of your portfolio, is there anything holding you back making that leap from buy to let into HMO?
1: Um, no, there wasn't anything. I quite liked um, my buy to let because there's always going to be a need for family properties. That's always going to be there. But then four or five years ago, I started going to network meetings and I suddenly, this whole world opened up to me that there was stuff outside of property other than buy to let. And that was then when I also got more interest in doing HMOs for myself.
0: Got it. So tell us about your very first HMO property deal. Tell us what you bought it for Tell us how you did it, tell us who the tenants were, and tell us what it cash flows and what it's worth today.
1: Right, so my first one we bought about um, three years ago. Bought it for 132,000, and I had two options of what I could do with it. I could have either gone down the route of six bed, all en suite, high-end HMO, refurb cost would have been about 60,000, or I could have gone down the route of social housing, converted into a five-bedroom, two-bathroom HMO. The cost of that was only going to be about eighteen thousand. And in my head, the best option was always going to be the six-bed, all-on-sleep HMO because that was going to bring me in more cash every single month. One of my business partners went on and on and on at me for about three months to say see sit down and work out your numbers so i had my house sitting empty not doing anything because numbers were just this block in my head like i can't do numbers it's too complicated anyway when he eventually sat me down and we worked out the return on our investment, although the high-end hmo was going to give me more cash every single month the five bed two bathroom option was going to give me a better return on my money. And because my refurb was only going to be 18,000 pounds, it left me another 32,000 to spend as a deposit on another property. So my money was going to work harder. And so that was why we went down with that HMO, social housing route, and I get a guaranteed rent every month of 1,400 pounds. And I pay no bills and I have no voids. And I only have to do a little bit of maintenance
0: okay so 137 grand in 18 grand refurb and what's that 16 grand a year just over 16 grand a year yeah pretty good no voids minimal maintenance who takes care of the majority of the maintenance
1: the social housing provider the company that we lease it to so i have to look after things like the roof the structure and central heating boiler they deal with everything else so if there's a leak into the kitchen sink their responsibility one of their tenants puts a fist through a wall their responsibility
0: fab I like the yeah. idea of giving giving responsibility to other people sounds like a good first deal to me that
1: yeah it was and um once we knew that that was working i've done it with some of my other properties but those have just been four bed hmos rather than the five bed hmos and it definitely works and once we Knew that it was working for me personally, that's when we've started to roll it out and offer it as a business model to the investors through our sourcing company.
0: Got it, super. Uh, we will talk about that shortly. So, Sue, since you started to invest in HMOs, uh, how has your life changed?
1: Uh, how has my life changed? Well, I've got different business partners, I've got more staff working in my lettings business. And I have triple, probably, the number of tenants to deal with. But it's all good fun. There's always different challenges. There's different issues. No two days are ever the same. Um, So it's just part of my life, really.
0: Great. And what's your favourite part of HMO property investing, Sue?
1: Giving them and signing them over across to social housing so I don't have to deal with the tenants.
0: (laughs) Ha! I do not blame you. (laughs) Um, something we need to talk more about for sure. Okay, so we've talked about the past before we move on to the present and your future plans in HMO property. Let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking for an effortless HMO mortgage experience? If that's a yes, there's only one place to go. www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk the UK's number one specialist HMO mortgage broker. They're so specialized that they don't do anything else. HMO mortgages, HMO remortgages, and HMO bridging. That's it. They have access to every HMO lender out there, and even some exclusive products not available to other brokers. With Lightning Fast Service and A1 Communication, they're easily the best HMO broker in town. So to experience HMO lending made easy, go to www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk today. Sue, so fast forwarding to the present day, we've got the headline numbers, but tell us a bit more about your current portfolio.
1: So my own portfolio is quite a mix in, in the 40 properties that I've got. I've got buy-to-let properties, which are two and three bedroom houses and flats. I've got four bedroom houses that are used for social housing, HMOs. I've got my other five bed hmo that we've discussed and i've got five serviced accommodation apartments but then within genie homes which is my management agency if we just split it down we've got probably like 350 high-end all suite hmo rooms which are more like the boutique hotel style and then we've got at least 250 rooms that are just used straightforwardly for social housing so those are the ones where we're um, working with social housing providers and giving them rooms for their vulnerable tenants.
0: Got it. And which tenants take up more time for you as a management company?
1: The ones in our high-end on suite HMOs by far because the other with the social housing ones, I don't have to deal with the tenants because they are the clients of the social housing provider. So my client there... Well, my tenant is a social housing provider. So I'm dealing, it's almost like a company let, which is quite nice. Whereas the other ones in terms of all the other HMOs that we're managing, then we deal with all of the day-to-day ongoing issues that there always always are with any HMO. And working with the tenants and dealing with sort of like the tenant disagreements that there are occasionally the broken washing machines, the bins that are not emptied. You know what it's like.
0: I certainly do. I certainly do. So next up, tell us about your single best HMO investment today.
1: Um, I would probably say it was my first one that I did because it took me 12 months to buy the property. And the estate agent that I was buying it from, she was lovely because there were so many times over that 12 month period that I was just like, I'm just gonna throw the towel in. I can't be bothered. I'm not gonna wait any longer um, to buy the property because the vendors were just not engaged in the process. The mum had gone into care. The two daughters had got power of attorney, needed obviously to get the property sold, but were in absolutely no rush whatsoever. I think we had the mortgage offer extended three times. And there was there was just so much that was going on with it. And I was going to buy it in cash in the first instance. But then it just went on for so long that I used the cash to buy something else because I thought, well, there's no point in having it sitting in the bank doing nothing. So it was just a massive sense of achievement once we actually got it over the line and I've got the keys.
0: Got it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't these uh when we ask this question. A lot of people uh, think what we're trying to get is, you know, the best ROI or the best, you know, equity uplift. But it can be, your best one can be for any number of reasons. And, you know, sometimes, in fact, more often than not, your your best one can be the first.
1: Yeah, and it, it was only with that one because it just took so long to do. And it was weird because it took so long to do. It got me into the situation where I had started working with social housing. So probably if I'd have bought it 12 months previously, I would have had to go down the route of doing it as a six bed all on because I wouldn't have had any other options. So, you know, when you always think about it, things happen for a reason. And I think that there was a reason why it took 12 months to buy that property.
0: You wouldn't be where you are today, I guess, without that, that process.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So tell us about one significant mistake you've made in your HMO business that, by sharing, you might help others avoid.
1: Okay, I don't think it's so much um, a problem or an issue that we had with the HMO business, but I'm going to relate it back to because it's very relevant to HMOs, and that was a big extension that we did on a just a traditional three-bedroom semi-detached, so sort of like 1920s, 1930s semi. So upstairs, you've got two decent sized bedrooms and a tiny box. We decided, that's myself and my business partner, that we were going to do a double storey extension on the side of the house and a single storey extension on the back. Now we did this probably about 10 years ago. And at the time it was all going through, we both ended up splitting up from our um, life partners, as it were. And as a result of that, we just let everything drift we let the builder just get on with it. We have no interest whatsoever in the project, so we went massively over on the time schedule. We went massively over on budget. And this was at a point, I hadn't done any property education. I hadn't gone to any network meetings. We borrowed money from all and everybody. I didn't know that was actually our age finance. I was to do it because I needed money to get the project done. And I think the lesson that I learned from that was regardless of what is going on in your personal life, property is a business and you've got to treat it as a business and you've got to take it seriously and you've got to keep control of budget and time schedules. The downfall that we had with losing that was this is a property that we bought back in 2006, 2007. So we were doing it as a flip. with the standard that we did it to was a really high standard which made it the biggest house on the road at the best standard and it should have gone on the market three months before the property crash but because we lost that time schedule it was finished three months afterwards so it could never have sold to get us back the money that we needed we didn't have the money then to pay anybody back however we held on to it we've still got it today and it's one of my best performing properties.
0: Wow, and, light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah, big so out of all of this, what I didn't know when we did the conversion on that house, it is now a perfect HMO, because upstairs I've got two double bedrooms and a bathroom. We've got a master suite, which was the master bedroom, a dressing room and an ensuite. And downstairs I've got three reception rooms and a really, really big kitchen diner. So. Had I known then what I know now, that would have just been a perfect HMO. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> uh, all right, so tell us about your HMO portfolio plans for the next 12 months. What are you intending to do?
1: Right, for me personally, it's just a time of consolidation because um, I'm one of these people who um, I've run out of money. I'll be really happy to put my hand up and say that I've run out of money and because I'm truthful and to, like, I do like people to know where I am. Two years ago, I bought property with my sister and we have been upgrading that graduate. Well, it wasn't gradual. We ended up with four out of 10 apartments being empty at the same time. So all of my spare cash went into refurbing those apartments. So now we've just been consolidating, finding out where we are with everything and just really making sure that as a property business, the business is working. I'm putting it all together
0: got it so no expansion immediately but some consolidation and some organization
1: yeah absolutely so if that then means that the portfolio works better by having less properties but less debt then it all works then doesn't it so I think it's a lot of it is going to be looking at exactly where we are and which properties are going to be the most uh, profitable for us to hold on to
0: and apart from building the portfolio, is there anything else you're up to in property? Uh, and I know you're a busy girl, uh, so you've got some good stuff to say. Is there anything you'd like to share with HMO Nation? <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. So, if we can probably take it in three steps because there's lots of different things that I am involved with, but I'll try and keep it fairly succinct. Um, Jeannie Homes is my HMO management agency. We have been established about two and a half years. And we are just recruited our sixth member of staff who starts next week. So that's a really exciting time. The business has just grown so much in two and a half years. You're involved with HMOs. So you know how labor intensive they are, which is why we've, we've got three directors in the company. We've got six members or we will have six members of staff because to keep those HMOs compliant, we've got to make sure that we've got the staff that can go and do everything that we need to. Um, there's changes coming in Birmingham, which are affecting Midland Property Sourcing, which is my sourcing company, because Birmingham's going Article 4 as of the 8th of June this year. So again, we're going to need to be looking at what we're doing with our sourcing business, and maybe we're going to look at moving into different areas that we source, or very much the Birmingham itself concentrated on social housing. Because you don't need planning permission. Article 4, if you're going to have a property that's used for social housing, is exempt from Article Four, so that's perfect. Um, that we can find ways around that. Um, and then my network community partners in property is just growing all the time. Again, we set up partners in property about two and a half years ago, just in Birmingham. Then the following year we opened in um, Bridgewater, which we've just moved up to Bristol and London. And then in January, we launched in Southampton and Manchester as well. So this is a daytime property meeting. So it's really different to sort of like the evening meetings that you go to because it attracts a really different sort of person. But it's all about building a community. And for those people, and I know it probably sounds a real cliche, for those people to get to know, like and trust each other, and so the people who now have been in Birmingham and have been coming to the meetings month after month, there are people in the room who are doing business together. We're seeing that in London. Um, so it's that, that I am really, really infused with because I know that we've got, that there's some big plans for what we're doing with partners and property this coming year. So yeah, really excited about that.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, even though you're not building your portfolio, you're consolidating. You are not letting up, are you? So that is great to hear, Sue. Great to hear. Yeah,
1: there's things that i get involved with the things that i do
0: you're busy in the right yeah. way by the sounds of it and it's all connected which is which is great to hear so what advice would you give any current hmo investors that's people who are already in the market
1: to keep on top of the market to know what your competitors are doing Know where you need to be and to know the trends in your area. So, for example, in Birmingham, we finding it really difficult to rent what I would call sort of like the old-fashioned HMOs, where you might have six rooms sharing two bathrooms. Nobody wants to do that anymore. They want all en suite. So, for me, it's being really aware of the trends and the movements in your marketplace and really keeping on top of where you are And if the standards are increasing as to what the demand is, you need to make sure that you're ahead of the curve.
0: And how about any advice you'd give to people who are looking to get into HMO property for the very first time?
1: Make sure you understand your numbers. Because that was the biggest eye-opener for me, was understanding the difference between The amount of actual physical money that you're going to be seeing going through your bank account every month versus the return on your investment. And my dad, all those years ago, when we first started out in property, always used to say to me, what's your percentage return? I go, Dad, I don't know, I don't care really, because I know from buy to let. If I rent it out for 700 and my mortgage is 300 I get £400 pounds in the bank. I'm happy. And Dad was always, no, 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 that's not the bit you need. The bit you need is the return and the percentage return, because then you can see how hard your money is working. And it was only, that's really only been in the last four years that that penny dropped so that. All of that stuff that my dad was saying to me all those years ago is absolutely critical and I think that is probably the most important thing that I would say to anybody new and I suppose the other thing that I would say to anybody and this is not just somebody who wants to get into HMOs it's anybody who's looking to get into property is do loads and loads of due diligence loads of research before you start paying for any property education so that you know the people that you're going to pay to teach you, on whatever level it's going to be, are the people who are doing it now, can demonstrate that they're doing it now, and they're not going to be teaching you business models and strategy that worked 10 years ago, that are not working now. And I think that is probably the most important piece of advice I could give to anybody, and it's just something that I'm really passionate about, because I hear so many stories from people that have paid so much money and they still don't feel confident to go and buy a property.
0: Our ethos in that is similar, that education should be free, but mentorship should be paid for, but education should be free. Um...
1: Free. Um, And there's so much education that you can get that is free. You can listen to podcasts, you can listen to audio books, you can read books, you can go to network meetings, you can talk to people. There is so much free resource there. But yeah, you're very right that if you're going to do sort of like a mastermind or a mentorship, again, that's finding though, the right people that you're going to do that with so that you will really benefit.
0: Super. We're on the same page. So we're about to come to the end. Before we sign off, we'd like you to recommend one great HMO resource or book. Then let HMO Nation know how they can get in touch with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: OK, so again, because a lot of what I do is sort of like at quite a base level, I think one of the books that I found useful that I read in the first instance was House Arrest because it just gave you quite a lot of quite straightforward information. So that, that would be the book. Um, best ways to get in touch with me, I'm on Facebook, I'm just really straightforward. It's Sims, and that's Sims with one M. Um, facebook messenger and um, if people want my
0: telephone number can i share my number um we'll put we'll put a link in your email address uh, to your email address and everything else i probably wouldn't share your your direct telephone number but we'll make sure we we hook up your show notes page on the website hmohub.co.uk and we will uh we'll make sure that everyone can get in touch with you there sue
1: yeah
0: sue thank you for sharing your journey We salute you. Let's get an HMO high five.
1: High five.
0: (laughs) And we'll see you soon, thanks Sue.
1: Excellent, thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this and want more informational, educational and inspirational HMO property content, then please hit the subscribe button and give us a like. See you next time.